The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, Does the Universe Speak to You? Could You Be a Better Listener? A coincidental meeting, a voice in our head, a sudden turn of events, a dream, a gut feeling, a sudden pain in our bodies, a comment we happen to hear. Are these messages we're getting from the universe? Did you listen? Did you ignore them when they were inconvenient? Did you pay the price? I certainly paid a price when I ignored what I intuitively knew what was right. (laughs) Today we explore the many ways the universe speaks to us and how we respond. To highlight one way the universe can speak to us, author Patricia Brooks is here to talk to us about her encounters with animals and the messages they have brought. Patricia's book, God is in All Things, is an honest recounting of her personal journey and how experiences with animals have been part of her healing and spiritual awakening. And let's all share about the many messages the universe is giving us and how we respond. Maybe we will all become better listeners. So please call in or email Beth with your comments or questions. And now here's your host, Beth Green, from the Inside Out. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, as usual, I am the chief beneficiary of everything that I do. So I went to look at, to see if we had any uh, email to share from the last show. And for those of you who listened, the last show was about love and it was very broadly about love. It wasn't just about romantic love. And uh, one of the things that came up, and I don't remember if it came out of my ha- mouth per se, or it came out out of my mouth in the form of the guru speaking, but it, it probably was. Um, and what, one of the things we were talking about was how can we increase the love in our lives. And it came down to something very interesting that we have to love ourselves enough not to live in this universe of anger and resentment and all that stuff, right? And that's an act of self-love because we can tap into the energy of love. So I was feeling a little bit miffed uh, for the last couple of hours about something that was going on in my life. And um, I was feeling very unhappy and didn't know what to do about it. So I went to check if we had any email, and I have two emails to share with you, and they both were messages from the universe. (laughs) Speaking of messages from the universe, so the first one was from Ann Brennan from San Diego, and she just said, I was just able to listen to the radio show on love. Wow. So supportive. I took notes and feel so inspired to both fight for my own self-love and my ability to love others, since I now understand more than ever how inseparable the two really are. Thank you for loving yourself and humanity enough to do this wonderful work. So thank you, Anne, for reminding me uh, that if I were showing more self-love, I wouldn't be so upset and enraged and angry, which I don't like being, but uh, I forget that that's the only way that I can change my inner state 
and my experience. But another thing that we talked about on the show was, you know, that love is an energy and we, you know, and how we connect to it. Uh, and we really made a distinction between acting loving in order to get something in return and really tapping into love energy. And not to say that we should put up with bad behavior, but, uh, you know, how often do we think we're being loving when we're just being manipulative to get something out of it, even if it's just a hug? And so uh, we got also an email from Todd and Christine from Bonzel, California. And this is what uh, Todd wrote. Christine and I just listened to the show. The energetic process at the end was a wonderful reminder that the love is always there. This helped us connect to what the Guru said earlier in the show with our actual experience. We feel more peaceful and relaxed with the energy of love flowing through us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, Beth? Uh, this is especially important for us, given what we learned in the show, that we do things in order to get something in return versus simply sharing the energy of love. Thanks for always helping us look at ourselves more deeply and honestly and supporting us to grow. So I would like to thank these uh, folks for taking the time to write in and for having written us such a wonderful, um, encouraging and supportive emails. We did get quite a lot of very positive feedback from that show. And it's not too late. You can always go listen to it on podcast. So I would like to consider that a message from the universe about how I'm going to survive in this world is that I'm going to have to somehow learn how to tap into that love energy when I don't feel like it. <laughs> when I feel attacked. Because when I'm not connected to en- the love energy, I my health goes down the tubes. I mean, I am literally dying from the lack of chi. And I know when I'm angry that I'm closing myself up more. And so, oh, blah, 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 blah. so that was, an, that was a message from the universe. Um, I'd also like to share a few things. By the way, we are all going to enjoy meeting Patricia Brooks. Uh, I haven't met her personally yet, but we've corresponded a little bit. And I've uh, read through her book. And uh, she's just a delightful person. I think we're going to have a really good time. And I think we're going to laugh a lot, too, because... Here's the place that I loved her, honesty. You know, she's talking about these animal totems and the messages that you're getting from uh, in uh, meeting these animals. And she's freaking out, not because of the message, but because of the animal. I am that. I love nature. I love nature. I love trees and so on. But I can't tolerate worms, bugs, mosquitoes. Uh, and uh, Patricia was talking about... Animals that fit bats, toads, you know, I mean, I am like a nutcase and I feel so embarrassed. And here I am, this deeply spiritual person who loves nature and uh, I really do, uh, unless it's too cold or, uh, you know, it's raining too hard or it's some animal that I find slimy. So I'm sure that Patricia could do quite a number on me trying to explain why worms and I didn't get the toads and the bats. I get the earwigs and the mosquitoes and the spiders that bite the shit out of me and leave me uh, with welts and infections and so on. So I'm sure that she would have a lot of fun with all of that. So uh, I love that. There's a refreshing honesty there that I really appreciated. I'd also like to speak, though, about the, the, the question. It's a very, very serious issue we're talking about. It's like, is the universe speaking to us? 
and you know where I know that Patricia is going, or I suspect, or I assume that Patricia is going to speak about what happens when we don't listen to the message of the universe. But I'd also like to share that sometimes we are making it up, and it's so hard to really distinguish what is a message from the universe and what's gas, you know, and um, and is that a message from the universe? And, of course, being of a, a certain kind of spiritual, mystical, metaphysical bent, you know, I always like to combine everything, whatever is going on on the physical plane. I want to see what the meaning is. I'm always searching for meaning and everything that happens. I, I, I joked once that when I hit my toe, stub it against the wall, it is a very spiritual stubbing of the toe. It's very meaningful. And I can give you hours of stories of the amazing experiences that I also have had, not uh, particularly through animal totems, but uh, very often just clairaudient, you know, I will, uh, you know, I'll be sitting there and I'll be reading a newspaper and a voice in my head says, you're going to buy this house, you know, and it's pointing, says, you see this house in the newspaper, you're going to buy this house, or I get a message that don't sign this contract, there's something wrong and look at such and such, or go to your email, or, I mean, stuff large, eat this, don't go to sleep, wake up, whatever. I've been getting message from the universe for years since I had my uh, psychic awakening uh, back in 1980, and it can be really specific. Well, are these always messages from the universe? Uh, is some of this my own wishful thinking or fears or thoughts? How can I tell the difference? And another thing that I'd like to just throw up in the air is that sometimes we have a tendency to focus on whatever we want to believe. So, for example, I could probably drag out, you know, miraculous. I mean, I can. Uh, not probably. I can drag out miraculous stories about the message that I've gotten from the universe about what to do and the miraculous results, especially in my work. I'm totally guided in work, and I just sit there and I'm always asking, what do I do now? What do I say? Entire workshops show up. The books write themselves and all of that. But I can also tell you that I, I very quickly forget or don't give any credence to anything where I've had a hunch or gotten a message that I thought was from the universe and it turned out to be abysmally wrong. Because, see, I'm the kind of guy who wants to believe that these messages are really significant. So we have to be so scrupulously, scrupulously honest about everything to live a truly spiritual life. So many of us are so full of it. I mean, I include myself in that. Um, And we're always trying to make ourselves look important. And we're always trying to make ourselves look more important than anybody else. Or that our messages are really spot on. Or our, And I'm just saying, we have to take it all with a grain of salt. And I'm going to close my little uh, um, introduction to the topic uh, with a story about what happened to me in 1984. I had just been told to buy a house. This was another house. You know, I've been told, okay, sell your house. You're going to lose all your money and you're going to buy this other house. And as usual, I had to borrow every penny to buy this house. And I had uh, a one year, one year to pay back the down payment to somebody who was charging me 15% usurious interest. 
And I couldn't have, I mean, it was a miracle that I got it. But anyway, followed guidance, got the darn house. And it was big. I mean, it had four bedrooms. It was just my husband and me. Yeah. Big house, 2,800 square foot house in Los Angeles on over an acre of land. And, and uh, so I'm a little bit, you know, oh, my God, how am I going to earn the money to pay all this? And um, what happened was I was guided to have a, a, a party for KH, who was the, the voice of my guidance at the time, and uh, the name or the face that went on this inner voice. And uh, so we had this uh, this ashram. We had a meeting of the ashram. We all got together. And I, I heard very clearly just before, this was on a December 26, 1984, a, a totally unforgettable moment. You would think that I would have gotten this, bless you, Beth, for having done this and brought together these people. You are a very important part of the unfoldment of the plan on the earth. But no, that's not what I heard. I heard... Well, we're leaving now. <laughs> and see, those were the days when I got specific guidance about every darn thing, everything, everything. And I had been doing this for years. It had become an absolute way of life. And um, they said, we're leaving now, and you have to own what you know. And so, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't know anything. and i i didn't know what to do and i you know i had this moment of panic but of course being a good spiritual girl i just accepted it say okay god whatever you think god but uh, what i realized was uh that i was being guided one of the things that i was told is you should make all decisions from the intersection of intuition observation experience and common sense and i had gone completely in the direction of intuition and i am sure that most most people don't go all the way in that direction. They're more in the opposite direction, but those of us who have a spiritual bent are. And um, and so what I needed to do is to learn how to live at the intersection of intuition, observation, experience, and common sense and let that guide me. Well, I have finished our introduction and left only a few minutes to introduce our guest, but I'd like to bring her on before we go to our first commercial break so that you can get to meet her. And so I'd like to welcome, I'm sure she's got lots of things to say about what I've already said today, and I'm so looking forward to finding out what she has to share. So everyone, welcome Patricia Brooks. Hi, Beth. How are you? Hi, James. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm very excited. And yes, I have a lot to say to everything you've you already said. So this is <laughs> well, great. Pick, pick one to start with because we've got uh, three minutes till we go to break. And so uh, let's get moving right away. Okay. The first thing that comes to my mind is invitation, is inviting. And one of the re- one of the ways you know we spoke about animals communicating with us, so the divine communicating with us through the animals. And the the best and the easiest way for that to happen is when you invite the divine to communicate. I, I think the biggest block people have is that they do not invite. Um, and I believe that you can believe the messages or know that they're true if they come after you've asked for help or guidance in some way. Well, I like the point. Uh, I think what I would, uh, you know, perhaps add to that is, we have to be willing to hear the guidance that we're getting. We have to be willing to listen to the message, even when it's uncomfortable. 
Absolutely. And I think that's basically what you're saying when you're inviting it. You're saying, okay, I get it. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the highest consciousness on the planet. Maybe there's something. (laughs) 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 Would you, uh, well, when did you first start inviting that divine guidance? I started after, actually, to be quite honest, after it started hitting me on the head um, in the form of the animal visits. You know, I was, uh, um, I was a little late to the party. You know, I'd say, you know, maybe fashionably late. I like to think about it, think of it. But um, once, once I started to become aware that what was happening in my life could not, could no longer just be coincidence. Yeah. Then I opened myself up to it, and then I began to invite it. Um, you, once it really kind of got got my attention. What got my attention before that, though, just quickly, I'll tell you, yeah. was I had, uh, you know, I, I got divorced, um, had a tremendous amount of emotional trauma surrounding that. I really, you know, really hit me hard. And that's what really first got my attention. And then the animals, you know, started right after that. So, um, so when did I start inviting, I guess, once... Once my life wasn't just going along as I had planned it any longer. <laughs> any longer. My life has never gone along <laughs> as I had planned it, not for a minute. So I love that. I think that what, you know, uh, uh, that we are become open to a higher consciousness when we see what a mess we've made of our lives ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's how I put that. Absolutely. So we are going to go to break, but don't go away. And also, we're going to invite you to call in if you feel so uh, drawn to talk about your experiences with receiving messages from the universe. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Patricia to uh, tell us, has, it, has she ever given it the wrong interpretation? And was she sorry with the interpretation that she gave it? Did she take a wrong turn because of what she thought was divine guidance? But right now, we're going to go to commercial break and don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. So, welcome back. We're interviewing Patricia Brooks, uh, who is a delightful lady who is uh, helping us to learn how to discern the messages that we are receiving from the universe. And uh, the name of her book is God is in the little things. God is in little things? No, God is in all things. God is in Um, all things. Just forget what... I'm sorry. It's actually God is in the little things. Oh, Uh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. but No, I'm so glad you said that because when I heard you, James, I thought, did I say that? I thought it was, but it's right. It's right in the bio. Anyway, there you go. Uh, thank you. God is in the little thing. It's what the right word is. It's extremely important. So Patricia, uh, who is being very understanding and sweet about that, is, um, I read, at least I read the book, right? If I, uh, <laughs> she's going to share with us some t- messages that she got. And uh, that may have taken her in the wrong direction. I think this is a really important point, so take it away. Okay, great. Well, actually, it's about my book. So my book, God is in the Little Things, um, I it was divinely guided. It was divinely written. You know, I pretty much changed my whole life based on the guidance and information from the universe. So once my book was written, I... You know, I had like, I felt like I had to do everything that I could possibly do in order to promote it and publicize it. And I was, you know, I was on warp speed. And, <laughs> I know you that. know, right? And someone oh. approached me to buy a publicist package. And I thought, oh, well, I need publicity, right? And I was convinced that I needed publicity. And all my thoughts were that. You know, I have to give my book, you know, 100%. You know, what if I don't do this? And it, this was divinely guided. And I'm sure this is, you know, and I had all these like thoughts and messages running around in my head. And so I thought, oh, I have to do it because if it was presented to me, then it must mean that I'm supposed to do it, right? One of those messages. Right, exactly. And since he looked like a poodle, you thought this was an <laughs> animal totem. <laughs> Well, so I spent a whole lot of money that I didn't have on a package that netted me absolutely nothing. And it was a, you know, it was a very expensive, a very expensive lesson. And I really, really, really struggled with that because I thought, you know, how could that go so terribly wrong? Um, You know, wasn't I supposed to give my book 100%? Wasn't I supposed to follow divine guidance? And what I realized was that all of my thoughts were fear-based. All of my thoughts were, what if I, if I don't do this, then what would I be missing? And I realized that the guidance that I need to follow needs, and, that is, and that's very ego-based. That's very ego, yeah. doubt, fear-based. And that's not the guidance that I needed to listen to. That when I want, moving forward, I have to really say, you know, how does this really feel to me? Do I really feel good about this? Does this mm-hmm. make me feel good? And then I know that, to me, my belief is that then that is truly a message from spirit. Because from spirit comes positive, from, from spirit comes love. And, and, and from then on, you know, and it's been very recent, I mean, I'm, 
I'm in my 50s and I just figured this out, but I'm like, that's how I'm going to figure out, you know, what I'm supposed to be listening to, what messages, whether they're coming from my head and my ego or whether they're truly divinely guided. I really identify that with that, Patricia, because sometimes the ego comes in just, you know, my book. I I mean, I am that, right? I've been there. My book, my work is so important. It's (laughs) It's just so important that it really should be promoted everywhere. Everyone should be able to have the benefit of my brilliance. And so, you know, that is so much also the ego behind that message, right? I have to write a book. It's really, but I've seen it in so many other people. You know, I've I've got a book. I know I have a book in me. They have no idea what they want to say, but they, they definitely have a book. So I love what you're saying. I think that ego can sneak in in so many ways. And I also love the fact that you took that and got something so positive out of that, and that feels connected to the coming back to the the issue of guidance has to feel right too. It's the exp- and experience, observation, common sense, and intuition. But now here I'm going to, because I'm this way, I'm going to say the opposite because the opposite is also true. I cannot tell you how many times, but I'm going to contradict myself again in a minute. Uh, <laughs> that I, uh, I've been working with people, and they are just furious with me or threatening me. I mean, I've had people say, don't come near me, Beth. I'm not kidding you. Um, you know, I'm getting into their psyches. I'm really seeing something and they're saying, and I'm trying to go towards them. I want to hug them. I want to give them love. Say, don't touch me. I'm going to leave. I'm going to kill you. I've actually had someone tell, I'm going to kill you if you come close to me. And I get the guidance that I'm supposed to go towards them anyway. And I can't say that that felt particularly like common sense or it came out of a good experience. And sometimes um, the people have actually fled and sometimes they just broke down and cried, which was, of course, what we were aiming for. So, you know, I, I'll tell you, I have, for somebody who's been divinely guided in such an intense way for 34 years, I take it all with a, a grain of table salt and I look at everything just like you did, I think, you know, in terms of what am I learning from this experience? What have I learned? I knew in some way that I couldn't back down with these people. Um, I tried to get very centered, stay very calm, not get into the ego. Like you were saying, not getting into the ego. So I am going to overcome you with my love. You know, that's ego. Uh, I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I just feel like I'm supposed to do that and that anything that comes out of it is whatever I was supposed to experience. And since I don't necessarily think that everything I'm guided to do is going to feel good, in fact, that it may feel really lousy and the consequences may be mine to bear and difficult, that doesn't mean that that wasn't the thing that I was meant to do because so many good medicines come in bitter pills. Don't you think? Well, you know what, what I keeps coming up for me when, when I'm listening to what you're saying is that there's also quite a bit of, and, and I'll contradict myself now. There's oh, good. Also, <laughs> I do that too. Um, there's also quite a bit of judgment in what you're, you were saying. You know, your judgment of the situation, whether or not it, it felt good or, or it was good for the other person. Um, you know, and one of the things that I'm trying to also learn 
is that, you know, I need to try to step away and things are just as they are, that there's not, it's not good or bad, it's not right or wrong per se, that, that the experience is the experience. Precisely. Um, Precisely. I think that we're in agreement. I think that's really the point. It doesn't always feel loving or ex- we don't always experience it positively, but that we experience the experience and that experience changes us more than anything else. Right. But if we're listening and trying to discern if it's divine guidance that we're following, I think that our thoughts surrounding it are really important you know the what's the driving force in deciding whether or not we follow that guidance you know were Mm -hmm. the thoughts were the thoughts fear-based in that if I don't do this will I be missing something if I don't do this will I you know will something bad happen you know thoughts that like surround worry let's say Mm -hmm. or does this just feel really really good to me in the sense that um you know so not necessarily the experience of once you do it. I guess that's where I'm kind of the the only thing I'm trying to differentiate is not necessarily how does it feel once you do it, but what was your motivation for doing it? Were the thoughts negative based or fear based that drove well, you there? Yeah. Well, isn't it really about this? Is how I see it. It's I think it's really important not to have any thoughts about it, and um, especially when I'm working, it's I. I am able more than in anything else in my life to just not think. (laughs) You know, I don't have fear-based thoughts. Uh, I may have feelings that are going on. Let's say if I'm working with a client and the client is really angry, I am going to feel that because I'm an intuitive. I will feel that anger. And I have to distinguish between that anger that I'm feeling and my anger, which doesn't usually doesn't exist in that situation unless my ego is really getting bent out of shape, in which case I can have my own little ego snit. But usually when I'm working, I can have that kind of neutrality where I don't judge anything. And I think your point is very well taken. I, you know, in those moments, I don't judge anything. But, you know, the... Um, when you go out to buy a house and you're going to have to spend the next 20 years paying for for it, uh, you have to think also. You have to bring in your common sense that says, uh, can I afford this? And the irony is that in the end, I always listen to guidance. Regardless, I can have this whole conversation with myself and it says, okay, I've gotten everything, I've put it all out there. I cannot afford this. I don't want this. Uh, my experience is such and such. And then in the end, I go with what I feel is my guidance anyway. And that's kind of how I... <laughs> so guidance is the trump card. It got, you know, it is. And at the same time, if I find that it was something where it's been a habitual pattern, like what you did with the uh, with that publicity package, if I find that I'm doing the same thing over and over, thinking that that's my guidance, then I don't say, oh, well, you know, guidance and it's okay, the fact that I don't have any money left, which, you know, is the case usually for me. Um, you know, then I'm saying, okay, is there something in this that is showing a pattern of mine, which is just what you did? I mean, you looked at your pattern. So no matter what happens, we can turn all of it into such an evolutionary moment 
of what whatever it is that we're bringing into the mix, either in advance, during, or afterwards, is a uh, and and learn so much about ourselves. Now, I'd love for you to share a few of your experiences um, with the animal totem, so people can learn more about that right now. Okay. Well, absolutely. If I could, you know. I, what I could do is just quickly explain what animal totems are, and then Please I can give that example. So animals or animal totems, they are or spirit animals. They're they're not new. You know, I mean, we're not making anything up here. You know, they've been around since ancient times. You know, ancient civilizations um, since ancient times have looked to the animals for inspiration and guidance. I mean, in our country alone, you know, the Native Americans have communicated and looked to the animals. Um, as an example, but animals are, they, they either visit us either physically in the dream state or in a meditative state. Um, and the belief is that the animals are energetically communicating with us, whether through the animal's own spirit or through the divine communicating through the animals. But the key is, and this is interesting, you know, talking about how do we discern guidance, not every animal that visits people or not every animal that somebody sees would be an animal totem. The, mm-hmm. the animal, you know, the animals need to present themselves to you in either a unique or repetitive type of way. Uh, for example, you know, if I'm sitting, I always use this example, if I'm sitting on my back deck and a, a hawk flies over my head, well, I'm probably not going to think that that's an animal totem or that was div- a divine messenger because he probably flew over everybody's head <laughs> in my neighborhood, right? You know? But what happened to my girlfriend uh, is a hawk came and actually sat on her deck railing every day for a week at the, same, <laughs> at the same time and stared into her kitchen window at her, you know? So she's like, you know, I'm thinking, you know, that maybe he's here for me. And I'd say, yeah, I think you could probably uh, assume that. He's probably a messenger. Um, and so the behaviors and the characteristics of the animals are symbolic of their message. So, for example, if we stay with the hawk, um, if we look at a hawk, a hawk, you know, has tremendous eyesight. It's a tremendous bird of prey. It flies during the day. So just very quickly as an example, a hawk is considered to be like a visionary, you know, a bringer of, to stay on the messages, a bringer of a message because he's, you know, he can see things that we can't see with his tremendous eyesight and he's flying during the day. So he's considered to be a visionary as a, you know, a real quick example of, um, but animal symbolism and animal totems can be, you know, obviously much more deep than that, and there's a lot of other things that can come into play, but the animals as totems are are studied um, for their symbolism. Their behaviors and characteristics are, are symbolic of their message is probably a better way to say it. Uh, do you think that there are specific animals that kind of, um, like a company, an individual, or that because they think about it, or they have 25 pictures. Like, I have wolves. I love pictures of wolves. I just put them up. They all look very fuzzy. Now, is it that because I had a Malamute that looked just like that? <laughs> or, I, or did I get the Malamute because it looked like a wolf? And uh, do you think that that's kind of like a chronic condition or like a lifetime uh, bond? Not to say that it can't change. Uh, right. That there is some meaning to that versus, oh, this animal is coming to give me this particular message today. 
Right. Well, there's two different types of totems. There's message totem, which I was, you know, talked about before, and what you just brought up, and I'm so glad that you did, is considered a, your power animal or your life totem. You know, on the cover of my book is a picture of an owl, and the owl is my life totem or symbolic. It's symbolic of my true nature. The belief is that we can. Everybody has one to nine. Some people believe everyone has nine spirit animals or power animals or life totems that stay with you your entire lives uh, or life. And um, and many times, an animal that you feel an affinity towards, or you know, like you say, you collect, or you just feel really close to in some way, can be you know, um, your power animal, but typically they're wild animals too. They're not your, you know, your dog or your cat simply because you're Right. Them. Well, we have a caller. Um, we only have a minute though or so. So uh, let's, uh, and we have two minutes. Okay. Uh, I'd love to take the question from Helen and then uh, hang on, Helen, because I'm sure that after the break, uh, Patricia will continue answering your questions. So here's Helen from California. Hi. Very interesting show. Um, my question is, I understand that there are traditionally interpreted meanings for each animal. Um, I wonder if you also have found that the connection or experience or belief system of the person also can be projected onto the animal and, and the choice or how that animal comes to a person. For instance, if, if you have a really, I don't know, a, some sort of an experience with a bear that uh, doesn't really fit with the traditional ideas of what a bear totem means, but it might be very important in how that person uses that bear totem. Right, right. Um, I'd say yes to all of the above. Um, actually, you know, as I mentioned before, the animal symbolism can be very um, can be very detailed. So there can be multiple symbols for different animals. And the um, the person really does know. You know, I, I truly believe that we have a connection with our higher self, and that we um, that our higher self is speaking to us. And so, as long as we kind of go inward and we, you know, we really give some thought and reflection into what the meaning means to us, then I think the person is really the one that knows the best. But the other thing is also that there's a lot of symbolism in the landscape that the animal comes from, or the number of animals that visit you, the direction the animal comes from. So there's many other meanings that can be embedded in addition to just the specific animal that can change the message also, or deepen the message. Very interesting. We are going to have to take our last commercial break now, but don't go away. And I'd like to ask you a little bit more about that when we come back. So don't go away. Stick with us at Inside Out. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. 
Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back, everybody. We are interviewing Patricia Brooks today, and she's written a book, called God's in the Little Things. And she is, we're talking about guidance. And I love the conversation because it's as complex as reality is. Well, sometimes it is, and sometimes it is, and sometimes it's our ego, sometimes it's not our ego. And uh, uh, Patricia was uh, just sharing, and she's sharing a lot about animal totems because that's what her, her book really refers to a lot. And um, is for those of you who don't know what that that is, it's they're they're animals that bring some symbolic meaning that show up in a dream or in real life or in a meditation and are giving you some kind of message. And uh, our last caller was asking about uh, intuitively intuitively guided understanding of what that animal totem is, and I just wanted to throw out. You know, a thought too, because we're talking about um, that. Uh, you know, the complexity of the human mind and the way we play with guidance and how, what is really our egos and what's really guidance. Is I've seen that people have used, and I see we also have a caller. But let me just finish this, and we'll get to our caller. That uh, people use symbols of animals in order to compensate for the way they feel. So uh, Helen had talked about a bear. You know, you'll I, I can I, I've had clients who just feel really powerless, and they see themselves in their meditations as bears, or as and in a way. Uh, you can see that they're trying to support themselves to feel more courageous. But sometimes it just goes back to your comment earlier about the ego showing up of pretending something about who we are that we now project some meaning onto something. And now I can't give you a chance to answer that because we have a caller. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Irene from San Diego. Hi, uh, Beth. And uh, I'm wondering, uh, your, um, your guest, and I, uh, I'm afraid I've forgotten her name. Patricia Brooks. Patricia. Um, I'm wondering what you mean by God is in the little thing. I was intrigued by that. And what, what is the little thing as opposed to our expectation that God's in big things? I'm, I, I would love to hear you expound on that. Oh, Thank you. Absolutely. 
Great Absolutely. question. Yes. Well, my book is God is in the Little Things, and the subtitle is Messages from the Animals. And I was actually received the title of my book. It, it was, you know, divine guidance. It was actually a download um, I was given. And the, the, the way that I think of God is in the little things is that we are divine beings, and the animals are divine beings, and the connections that we have to our higher self, each other, and all the beings in the natural world is very real. You know, there's a oneness that we're all a part of. And when, we, when I believe we actually can come from that place of spirit, come from that place of oneness, then God is in actually everything. God is in the big things, the little things, and everything. So the the real symbolism, and I'm so glad you asked. We are all. Patricia, we lost the last few sentences uh, um, for some oh, reason. So oh, you were okay. saying God's in the little things, the big things. Right, that God is in everything, that the divine, the oneness that, and we are a part of because we are divine beings. So that, so the symbolism is, or the, the deeper meaning is, is basically that as divine beings, our connection with our higher self, each other, and all beings is, is everything. So God is in everything. Um, the little things being, being that also. Well, I love the idea of that title, The God is in the Little Things, because sometimes people are looking for grand messages. You know, people like the people who've done past lives, uh, there are 7,400 people who were Cleopatra or Julius Caesar, you know, and, um, <laughs> right, right. And, so God is in the little things. It's like, oh, my goodness, I th- what, what a great transformation it would represent if I saw myself as an earthworm. That would probably be my highest moment <laughs> of uh, spiritual evolution. But that really, um, the what real, guides, what uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but what I was going to say is really, but the, 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 the higher meaning or the deeper meaning, um, what that means is not only, you know, could we be, I don't, I don't, I don't know, and I don't profess enough to know whether or not we would incarnate in another lifetime as an as an earthworm, and you know whether what really planes our spirits, you know, um, travel between. But I do believe that the spirit of the divine is in the earthworms that are in the earth, and the spirit of the divine is in the trees and the rocks, and the spirit of the divine is in me, and it's in you and James. Um, so I believe that we are all part of that larger divine. Absolutely. Oneness. Absolutely. And coming back to, though, that name, God is in the little things, I what I'd like to share is that our messages from the divine level are often in the little things. Yes. That uh, it's not only the earthworm, and the earthworm, of course, turns the earth and, and allows uh, for there to be growth. Um, and I think that all of us who are in the healing profession are earthworms. <laughs> we, keep, we keep turning the earth. And you know what I mean? And we're, we're trying to, to, to create a more fertile environment for us all to learn and grow. And so when we get out of the ego and out of our pomposity, we begin to have the admiration for all those little things like you were talking about. And we also can hear the universe speaking to us, not just in those um, 
you will have a destiny of great <laughs> meaning. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why the heck did you eat that for lunch when you know it's going to give you indigestion? And your indigestion is God speaking to you in the little thing about what the heck are you doing to yourself and why are you doing it? <laughs> God, God or your higher self, you know, what I realize is that a lot of, you know, what we wrap around God or I believe we wrap around God is our connection with our higher self that we yes. just are tapping into more and more. And the more that we open ourselves up or invite that communication, I believe the more we can receive it or do receive it. Absolutely. And I, I have a slightly different way of articulating that or seeing that, but I think it's essentially the same thing. As to me, it's about levels of consciousness. You know, how high a level, and when I say high, I mean of greater, profound understanding, greater integration of all the aspects. It's like what we're all trying to do is have integrated understanding of, you know, James, when you said earlier, well, th- does that mean that intuition trumps everything? I think what I, what I really mean by that, and uh, somehow Patricia has uh, inspired me to have this thought, <laughs> is that after I look at everything, you know, what my gut tells me, what my inner voice tells me, my experience, my observation, my common sense, I know that I, the small I, am incapable of integrating all the levels of information that are necessary in order to move forward uh, in a way that is optimal for the highest good of all, including me, including everyone. And when I turn to that higher guidance, what I'm really saying is, okay, I can only see a piece or ten pieces or a hundred pieces, but there are thousands of pieces that I can't see. The future, the past, everything that's going to be impacted. And I surrender the belief that I can know all of that and that, thank heavens, there is a higher level of consciousness that you're, that I, I think is what you're referring to as the higher self that, uh, ultimately I want to rely on. I do rely on. I have to rely on. Right. Right. Because we're really truly just an aspect, I believe, of ourselves. We're mm-hmm. an aspect of the divine. And I, I love that you, um, I really love when you were saying, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know how much I wrap around the world, the word surrender. Like sometimes, you know, that's has a kind of a, that's kind of a charged word for me. But, um, but I think that it's really important to say that when we allow ourselves or we open up or we invite going back to, you know, the invitation to be open for the guidance to come through. I think that's huge. I think that's key. Because we, right, we, we're not the, the know-all and be-all and end-all of everything. You know, there's, there's a lot more out there, I believe. Yeah, so we call it allowance, intention and allowance. I don't normally use the word surrender either. <laughs> so we call it a intention and allowance. Patricia, let people know how they can find your book. Oh, absolutely. Well, my website is godisinthelittlethings.com, and on my website is all sorts of information about my book, ordering my book. Um, I actually uh, write a couple blogs. They can learn a lot more about animal symbolism and animal totems, and um, I actually have a free report if they wanted to go to my website. It's a one-page understanding animal totems, and I talk about 
all the deeper symbolism we were we were referring to before. You have the animals visit you, landscape, mm-hmm. color, number. There's all sorts of good information. So, um, GodIsInTheLittleThings.com is the is the place to go. Terrific. I have a feeling James is going to be at his computer right yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. I had a buffalo come to me one time in an inner experience, and I'd like to check that out. <laughs> I was told that it represented overcomer of obstacles because I'm so bullheaded and, and determined. <laughs> it's kind well, of fit. Well, you know, all you know, just like they say, I believe that all information or guidance from the divine is um, it's gentle guidance, right? There's nothing negative, and and there's nothing anybody should be, you know, afraid of. You know, I just want to get that in. Um, also, that that the guidance is just either cautionary or loving or guiding guidance, and even if you're bullheaded and obstinate, it's you know it's with said with love. Well, that is so important for us to remember that that is the way it's intended. We don't always experience guidance that way. Sometimes it's because of our reactivity that it feels harsh. It's like people say consciousness is painful, when actually <laughs> consciousness isn't painful. It's unconsciousness that's painful. (laughs) And consciousness is the most loving thing that we can give ourselves and that we can take from one another. Patricia, it's been delightful having you. The time has sped by. We covered a lot. And I hope that people check out your website. And is there anything very quickly that you'd like to conclude with today? Um, I would just like to just have everyone really just have them know that they are powerful divine beings and that everyone has the ability and the power to to connect and you know to kind of show up in the world from their with their spiritual power not their necessarily their human human self always <laughs> and to be that? very very <laughs> clearly distinguished from the ego not, not to be confused with ego power. Thanks so much, for, for, Patricia. It's been wonderful having you on. And uh, now, James, would you like to tune us into what's coming up next week? Yes, tune in next week for our Inside Out edition of The Truth About Following Our Dreams and Are We Willing to Take the Risk? Lots of folks are just to follow our dreams, but are we willing to risk whatever comes? We may have a ball and become fabulously wealthy. We may have a miserable time and go broke. We may grow emotionally, or we may shrink into disillusionment and self-doubt. And so, taking chances can be downright expensive, financially and emotionally. We can follow our dream into a marriage that turns our guts upside down and costs us alimony. Or into a new career that flops and leaves us even more desperate. So here's the story of Chris Reese, a woman who followed the dream of opening a store with her husband, only to watch it close after seven long years of stress and effort. What did this experience cost emotionally, physically, and financially? What did she gain? Was it worth it? Is there a difference between a dream and a fantasy? Are our dreams divinely inspired, or are they just ego egging us on? You are invited to tune in and call in, or email your questions. Let's get real about our dreams and support each other to follow those that are worth the risk. And our final word from Beth. Well, I hope that you tune in next week. I think this is such an important topic because anything can become a platitude that has no meaning and no depth. 
when it's repeated over and over. And we have to really be honest and look honestly at things. It's about spiritual maturity and growing up and taking real responsibility for how the universe is guiding us. So again, we'd like to thank Patricia for joining us today. And I look forward, as always, to seeing you next week. Don't forget to look at the podcast of the shows that you may have missed. And if you like what you hear, pass it on. Like us on Facebook and send the podcast to your friends. We're trying to build an online community here of people who are willing to be real. And you are one of them. Thank you. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. We'll be right back.